I don't know if everything's going to work. I don't mm-hmm. know if I say, hey, I'm selling this for a dollar. If somebody's going to find value in that, I don't know if I say, hey, I'm running a sale on this product for $39. If somebody's going to find value in that, I don't know. The only way that I know is when they buy it. And so mm-hmm. for me, that's why I get happy when I get a sale. It's not so much I'm rich. It's like, bro, like, okay, that idea worked. What about the next idea? What about the next project? Let's try that out. Turn this up. Turn this up. Episode 110. Are we on the air, Tweet sugar? Dope. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Yes. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Megana himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Wow, that's dope. Episode 110. Episode GMT Master 2. <laughs> also known as the Batman episode, Batman Rolex talk people, not DC talk, not, not DC comics, Rolex talk. That's what it is tonight. <laughs> it's always Welcome. Rolex talk around here. Welcome to tweet talk, the black wealth podcast with your hosts, Raphael and Charles, AKA Todd millionaire A podcast about how to build black wealth. While breaking down finance-related tweets with us, Raphael and Charles, like I said, follow us on Twitter at TweetTalkPod, that's P-O-D. Follow myself, Raphael, at WorkMoneyLife. Follow Charles on Twitter at RailToddBillion. So I think you should explain to the people why your name is WorkMoneyLife. That's a good question. I not nothing special behind it. It's just I, I started a blog years ago and I tend to like procrastinate. So when it came for time for a name, I was like, I'm gonna choose. I'm not gonna spend a bunch of time on a name. So I started a blog just called it workmoneylife.com. So then I started Twitter and just called myself at workmoneylife. You've been brand building for a while, man. The streets didn't even know you've been you've been trying to build a brand. Not trying. You've been building a brand for a while now. You know, man, been in these internet streets for a minute. Yeah. Episode 110, episode GMT Master. Before we get into the GMT Master. Raphael, the people need to know who you are, man. They know who I am. It's been 110 episodes. I don't think we've ever broke down who Raphael is, man. Who who are you? Where are you from? What makes Raphael tick? Wow, Raphael Husbands, man. If you've been listening to this, you, you've heard my voice for 110 times. Maybe not uh, Charles for every single episode, but I've been here for every single episode. Uh, it's 110 plus, actually, because we're throwing a couple of bonuses in there. Got the uh, birth of a brand uh, bonuses in there. Yeah. So we'll say Raphael Husbands, man, born and raised in Barbados, came to the United States on my 18th birthday. Been here ever since, you know, for 20 years. You know, always been interested. Well, no, I can't say always, but I got interested in um, wealth related topics, personal finance, figured 
the answer had to be out there, man. I love like I'm kind of a a curator. I go out there, get the some good content, put it together, man, for the folks. You know, try to help more people. Cool, cool. How how did the pandemic treat you? The pandemic, I would say 2020 wasn't bad. It wasn't that bad. I, I it was hard getting used to being in the house all the time. Like I'm used to like rolling by myself, but I'm used to rolling. You know what I mean? Like if I want to get up and go somewhere, go. If it, nobody, if somebody's available to come with me, then oh, cool. If not, I just go. But just being in the house and everything is closed, that was crazy. But you know, I was kept working, made some money in 2020, more money than before. 2021 was a little rough for me, but you know, I'm tired of wearing masks. Stuff like that, man. It's just crazy, man. But I don't wear masks. I don't wear masks. Even if I'm supposed to wear a mask, I don't wear a mask. It's kind of stupid, man. You get you get the shot, then you get the second shot, and all they want you to get boosters. Like I'm not turning this into every twice a year thing, man. Right, right. You are not my dentist. You're not going to see me twice a year. Right. You know. and, it, and it's like you have no say so. It's like we said that you got to do this. I'm like, bruh, like this is crazy. It was the the weirdest thing. I I feel like it was political propaganda. The whole goal was to use it against Trump because they couldn't use the economy against Trump. So they're like, what the heck can we use against him to win an election? And if it wasn't, why was it such big political talk? What they did was masterful. Like what they did and how they positioned it. And how they kind of like backed away to to like use it as like a sword, but also not seem as though they're using it as a sword, like to attack somebody and say like, COVID is so dangerous, blah, blah, blah. But then like to also say, we're only doing this because we care about people. Vote for me. I'm like, wow, that's so, <laughs> like, that's so crazy. And people just, they don't even see it. I did, I just don't understand how people could miss that. But all right. So COVID was cool. What's what's the plan for you going forward? We, we're going into the end of the year, Raphael. November is basically over. What you got going on? What's 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 the the last push, the last hurrah? Last push is um, getting people to sign up for some podcast coaching. Man, we passed 110 episodes now. Over a hundred thousand downloads. I see people out there stuck, just trying to decide like what's the name, what's the best microphone, and all this kind of stuff. We start this with an app and a cell phone, or at least on my end. And you, and you, even though you were like more advanced than me at the time, our first episode, you were in the car, I think, <laughs> driving home from a baby shower or something. Or I forget what the what you we were doing oh, the first. Baby. Something like that. Well, there was one episode for sure you were driving home from the baby shower. Yeah. That was Torrance. Yeah, a little bit later in the journey, but yeah, that was Torrance. The early, the early episodes we were just like recording in the car. So I've done an episode where I was just riding in the car on some headphones. Man, now you say that. I remember you you would you'd be on the train mm-hmm. or whatever, you pull up and you recording from your from like the parking lot. And before you go in the house, 
Yeah, I was at the train station one time. It was I forgot about that those yeah. early those early early days, man. It's funny because I was watching the Black Wealth Renaissance um, podcast, and it's funny how like when you have the ability to create content, you take that opportunity for granted, and you also maybe don't appreciate it right in that moment. But I was looking back at that interview, and I was like, "That's so cool that we captured this moment." Like, it's so cool that we were both in Arkansas, mm-hmm. we sat down with Black Wealth Renaissance, and we recorded and captured this. It's like a time capsule almost. It's like, where were you in that moment? And then to see, like, their brand evolve, they just got, they won an award for the podcast of the year. They're building their brand massively, like, just doing really cool things. But it's like, we know that we, at one point in time, were able to get that on camera. So, like, these podcasts are powerful, man. These moments, this content is powerful. Yeah, man, get on, folks. Get on. And like you said, uh, time capsule, like capturing where, because when when our grandkids come to us and say, where were you when when the shift turned, when it when the the, the culture shifted, we can we can show them who where we were. We were right in the middle of it. Yep. You could see us on YouTube. You could hear us on Spotify. You could see us on the Apple Podcast, and it's, it will be there forever as long as this thing lasts. It will be there forever. We got the pictures. We got the T-shirts. We got we got it all, man. Literally speaking, we were here when it all shifted, man. We seen we seen Todd Millie before the Millie. For the three point seven, we saw uh, Detroit real estate be a come up for black investors. Like we saw black people flood hire car and tour because we in the middle of watching black people like come up on Airbnb. All these things, man, that we in the middle of seeing, man. This is we living out history right now. Sure. No day like today. But let's get into this back to the Batman talk. Rolex talk. Rolex talk here on Tweet Talk. Well, I think that's a perfect segue. First of all, let them know what the Batman is for those that are. So, how does it get that name? A Rolex, uh, a Batman is a Rolex GMT Master Two. There was a GMT Master One. I don't know all the details, but um, this is the more modern version. And so, if you look at Rolex, it's a very established brand, and they had their original models. So they have like a Datejust. Now they have a Datejust Two. They had a Yacht Master. Now they have a Yacht Master Two. <laughs> They had a GMT Master and they have a GMT Master II. Um, and so there's different kinds of Rolexes. There's like the classic Rolex, classic Rolex, and then they have what's called the sport model Rolex. What most people know are the classic Rolexes. And so people will see like a date just or a day date. And so a date just is just where like the date clicks. The day date is where you have the date and the year. 
and the day and the month. Like if the date and the actual day, like so it says Monday at the top, Tuesday at the top. It's a very fly watch. I want to get one of those next. I think it's actually on my wall. It is on my wall. So you already know what that means. If it goes on the wall, it's going to be on my wrist. That's just how that goes. <laughs> so um, basically, the watches are, are a really interesting thing. And I kind of want to get into that later because I want to explain like the difference between like the classic Rolexes and the sport Rolexes. And so my first watch was a sport Rolex and I knew I wanted to get a sport Rolex. So I walked into the Rolex store and I was like, Hey, I want to get a Rolex. And she was like, okay, what kind? I said, I want to get like a, like a Submariner. And she was like, Oh, you can't buy those. <laughs> you can't buy those in the store. Like we don't stock those like that. Like you have to pretty much buy like one of their date just or their day dates. That's what they have. Like the new models that are coming out. Anything else that's like a Submariner or a GMT or a Yachtmaster, the sport models, those kind of come in when they come in. But when they do come in, they sell them to their actual list. And so they have like an actual list of buyers who are on their preferred list that they sell watches to. So if you see somebody like Ed Bolden or even Chris going to the Rolex store to get like a particular watch, it's because they called them down there and they said, hey, I just got this dope Daytona in. You can buy it. Now, the thing is, retail price for these watches is actually pretty affordable. I want to say like the retail price for the watch that I bought is half what it actually costs on the market. Why? Because you can't go into the store and buy it. And so it creates, mm. it creates more demand. More demand makes the, the watch cost more money. So you'll go to Rolex.com if anybody's done this and they'll say, oh, a Samaritan only costs eight grand. Let me see. How much do they want for a Rolex Mariner on the website? I'm going to tell you because it's not that much. So I'll go to Rolex. I'll go to Welcome to Rolex Talk. Rolex Talk, the Blackwell Podcast. Rolex Submariner. I hope it even has the price. Oyster Steel, 41 millimeter. Mine has a date on it, so we'll go the date, but it wouldn't have to. There's one without the date, and there's one with the date. This price, this watch on the internet is $9,150. You cannot buy this watch for $9,150. On the market, it sells for about 15. Mm. So sells for about 15. I want to say I bought mine for 10 though. My Submariner, I paid 10, which is this watch right here. So this watch, I wish I could show you the thing. So this one cost me 10. Brand new, it cost 9100 But that's brand new, brand new. Mine isn't brand new because you also can't buy brand new for the most part. It just doesn't happen. So when I found that out, I stopped trying to find a watch through the dealer. And I just started focusing on buying it through like websites like Crown and Caliber, Chrono 24, or going to like the jewelry district to buy a watch because you have to buy it on the secondary market. So that's what I did. My first Rolex was a Submariner. I liked it so much. I was like, you know what? I want to get a date just now. My second Rolex was a date just. It's this watch right here. And I didn't pay this that much for this this watch. This watch is a 36 millimeter, which is interesting because um, when I saw it, I didn't know that it was that small. 36 millimeter is actually pretty small. Most watches are like 40, 40 millimeters or more. Like this Panerai, I want to say it's like a 47 millimeter. It's a really big watch. Um, but I was like a 36, that's weird. But most original Rolexes are like 36 millimeters. And so I've gotten used to it. I don't particularly care for it, but I've gotten used to it. My next my next date just or day date will not be 36 millimeters. It'll be about a 40 or 41. Mm -hmm. So anyway, as, as, as I buy 
these watches. I'm like, hmm, what do I want next? And I started looking and I saw the GMT. And at first I just saw like the black GMT. I don't think I thought I could afford like a Pepsi or like a Batman. I was like, that's just a lot of money. And the price just kept going up and up and up and up and up. And one day I went inside of, uh, actually most recently, I went inside of a cigar bar and this dude who owns a cigar bar, I had a feeling he was going to have a Rolex. People like that, like Midwestern dudes who own their own business, they like Rolexes. They love these things. And so he's like, show me the cigars. And I look and he has a GMT master on. I'm like, dang. So I get my cigar. I sit down and I was like, it's time to do it. So I just fired up the phone. I was like, what are my watch? Finished my cigar and I went home a happy man because I finally did something that I was just looking at for the longest time. I was just looking, 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 looking. And so that brings me to my point. With, with Rolexes, these watches hold their value. So if I hold this watch for five, 10 years, it's probably going to become more expensive than it's going to depreciate in value. Cars depreciate. Jewelry does not depreciate, especially high-end jewelry, especially things like this, like a watch. And so you're not actually spending money. You're parking money. As long as you're not busting it down, right? As long as you're not busting it down. But they say even if you do bust it down, typically what happens is if you bust down a watch, you like take the value of the watch, you add in the diamonds, but then it doesn't appreciate in value. So the value just stays there. So let's say you spent $20,000 on a watch, you spend $20,000 on some diamonds. Now it's a $40,000 watch forever. But if you have like a non-bust down watch and you just keep that, it can go to crazy numbers. I, we've been seeing watches and I, I think it's some pandemic numbers. Sometimes I think some of these numbers are pandemic numbers and they're just like crazy. I've seen stocks that are like, I've seen, uh, what are they called? Not stocks, but uh, watches that are like going for a quarter million, watches going for a half a million. I saw somebody, I read an article about a dude getting robbed for a Richard Milley and it was a half million dollar Richard Milley. I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> Who pays a half million dollars for a, for a watch? But the thing is, you're not really paying money. You're just shifting money. And so for me, I was like, I could have this money sit in this PayPal or I could put it into a watch. And people have been jacking my PayPal too. So I was like, I don't, I don't, I need to, I'd rather secure this <laughs> than just have it sitting here because some, I'm still fighting to get back money right now. I'm probably fighting to get back a good amount of money just because some dude hacked him to my account and just ran amok. So anyway, um, the GMT has a black fit. Or the, so the GMT, what makes the watch cool and the reason why I liked it is it has a third hand, actually a fourth hand. So the reason why they made the GMT is because travelers like pilots wanted to have a watch that they can use when they're traveling and changing time zones. So if you're going to Georgia and that's on the Eastern time zone, but you're from California, you kind of want to be able to tell both times at the same time. And so this mm -hmm. has a fourth hand. So it tells the main time. And then if you see the numbers around the dial, that hand, the fourth hand, it ticks around. It's on like a 24-hour clock. And it tells you what time it is in the time zone that you are traveling to. And so what you do is you rotate the devil, the bezel, how many clicks ahead you are. So if you're going to the Eastern time zone, you click it three times ahead. It'll tell you the time that it is where you are. And it'll, time, it'll tell you the time where it is, where, where you came from. So I like it because of the stock market. The stock market opens up on this time. So I want to kind of know what time it is. And then uh, 
the real time is with this time. I, I hate having to like think like, what time is it over there? So now I can kind of use that watch to tell me that. Um, and it's also just a really beefy watch. The people that the people that know it know it when they see it, which is interesting because I was wearing my Submariner for so long, and people notice that too. But the GMT is nasty. That GMT, people know that the GMT, like, yeah. So we out <laughs> here, and uh, I'm not trying to go crazy, but I definitely I put out a tweet and I was like, "You'll never see me rock a bust down." Like that's not like respectfully. I said I'm not. I don't plan on busting down anything. I. I like corporate level money. I like to look like money, but also be prestigious. My my goal for money was like the people that I looked up to that came into the office, had on suits, had a Rolex Daytona, drove a little Lexus, and that was it. They had a house, had a beach house, they had a pool, they had all that stuff. I, my my model of wealth is not two chains, even though I got on two chains. <laughs> but even when like I was at the football game. And one of the partners from the firm was there. I had to tuck my chain. I was like, I'm not trying to be looking like two chains when I roll up. <laughs> so I had to tuck my chain and be be blue collar, be white collar Millie. But yeah, that's the Rolex story. Hopefully, you guys got some value out of that. Um, trying to share all the game that I know, but I'm like, I might, I, I'm low key. I'm at a point in my life where I'd rather buy a watch than buy another house. Instead of buying another property, I'd rather just buy a watch. At least they can't destroy it. I was like, I don't got to spend no money on upkeeping no watch. The watch is just the watch. Is just right. The watch. That is true. And um, that's funny. This is the watch. This is the watch. Uh, and these houses, if you go crazy with it, some serious maintenance. Like I saw uh, some Rick Ross interview the other day. In this huge mansion, I'm thinking like, man, how much it costs for that? And he was talking about how much the landscaping costs. So he decided to buy a, um, a John Deere, like a a lawnmower, sit down with a lawnmower and do it himself and then get his boys to start doing it and create their own landscaping company. But thinking like, man, what does it cost to keep up that house? Right. I'm actually reading that book right now. I heard it's very good. Yeah, we're talking I, about the perfect day to boss up by Rick Ross, yeah, by the way. Yeah, um, he he said that Evander Holyfield had a debt to his landscaper for like a half a million dollars. Whoa, he, that's just a landscaper, but yeah, it costs a lot. You got to maintain that joint too, not just buy it. Buying it is just the easy part. Half a million dollars in landscaping. Imagine that somebody owe you that much money in your landscape. But anyway, let's get into it, man. So, Charles, you had a tweet where you said, stop working hard, start building a brand. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 inside money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. It was more so like, I get excited when I make sales. Like every set, every new sale excites me. And the crazy everyone, part, yeah. And the crazy let me ask part, you something. If you you put out, when's the last thing you put out a dollar product? Uh, the options book. Did you get excited when you 
When those sold for that, yeah. I did. Every transaction, I'm like, bro, folks believe in me. Folks believe in me. So it's like every transaction, it doesn't matter how much it is. Even if it's a free thing, it's it's just, it's confirmation that I had an idea and somebody bought into it. That's it. Because Mm. we have so many ideas that people say, this won't work. That's impossible. And so when somebody buys what you put out there, it's really just somebody saying, you're right. Because in business, a lot of times, partners will stop you before you get started. They'll say, oh, that can't work. Nobody will buy that. Why are you going to do it that way? Why are you going to call it that? Why are you going to price it for that? There's so many different variables that they can use to throw in your way. I always tell people about Blacker Pockets. Like, that's why we couldn't rock. Because I got to flow. I got to be doing stuff. I got to be trying things. I don't know if everything's going to work. I don't mm-hmm. know if I say, hey, I'm selling this for a dollar if somebody's going to find value in that. I don't know if I say, hey, I'm running a sale on this product for $39 if somebody's going to find value. And I don't know. The only way that I know is when they buy it. And so mm-hmm. for me, that's why I get happy when I get a sale. It's not so much I'm rich. It's like, bro, like, okay, that idea worked. What about the next idea? What about the next project? Let's try that out. So my thing is that one of the cool things that I did recently is uh, I set up a zap. So every time somebody buys a product from me mm-hmm. on on uh, on Gumroad, I tweet out that this person bought a product. I saw a, a tweet of yours talking about somebody bought something. That's fire, huh? I don't got to even do it. It does it for me automatically. Why do I do that? Because it, it, it lets people know people are buying my stuff. And if people are buying my stuff, more people want to buy my stuff. So mm. I included a name tag in there. So now they put their name in there and it'll say, boom, what I'm probably going to do, what I want to do is I want to have a link because I want it to be promo. Also, I wanted to say this person bought this course. Here's where you can buy it. Right. right. That's what, I, that's what I want. That's coming soon. And then imagine that's firing off all night. I'm over here sleep. Somebody buys my stuff. It goes on Twitter. Somebody else buys it. Come on, man. I was just uh, thinking that like, if it had a link. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't yet because um i what i i can so you can do it so that different products fire off different zaps i just did it so that every sale fires off a zap Uh, the problem with that is i can't if i if i were to like segment it and say okay boom this is for this now i can put the link in there so i'll 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 get in there and i'll do it that's gonna take Mm -hmm. more work anyway um Basically, what I was saying is that, like, I used to work, I think it was more so, like, I, I, I had a moment where I did, like, four sales in, like, 10 minutes. And those four sales equated to how much I used to work in a whole day. And it blew my mind because I, all I did was I created a brand. And that brand pays me. I don't got to commute no more. I don't got to get dressed up anymore. I don't got to go... Um, play that whole game. You guys know the game. You guys know what we we what I had to do. What you guys may still have to do. What you had to do, and it's not fun. If you can make that same amount of money based off of some brand that you built, I guarantee you that you do it. And that's why it's so important because at a certain point, the brand does the heavy lifting for you. You you just got to put it out there. You got to run the automations, and so that's a part of the brand. The brand is these things that you put in motion. The tweets, the posts, the idea of who you are that now people can associate. People associate me with 
F that job. And I don't, <laughs> I don't care who agrees because that's my brand. You get to have your own brand. If your brand is love that job, then that'd be your brand. But I'm not going, I don't care who they are. And honestly, you got to be that dead set on, on, on your belief. Otherwise, you're never going to really stand out. If you get online and one person says we're doing this, so you're doing that. And one person says you're doing that, so you're doing that. You're never going to stand out. You're going to be great. You're going to be that person with 400 followers. The person with 400 followers is the person who never took a stance. The person who never was willing to ruffle some feathers. The person who was never willing to be offended. Damn. That, that's true. Like, yeah, you missed the F that job. Imagine now everybody knows that you, you say F that job and you came back and heard all the criticism and came back and said, well, you know, well, not F that job. I mean, like, for some of you, and, and then you came w- w- waffle off on, you put disclaimers on everything. Then it's like, what's, got, what's going on here? Like, who is this guy? What does he stand for? Like, what's, what's, your, what's your choice here? What's, who's this guy? He, who, nobody's a big fan of Sweden. Like, you know, pick a side, man. Like, pick a side. Like, and I tell you, Speaking of building a brand, some people love them, most people hate them, or let's say half and half, and that's all you need to become president of the United States. Donald Trump is definitely a polarizing figure. You can say whatever you want about him, personal-wise, you could say he's not intelligent, you could say he's loud, he's brash, he's obnoxious, he's stupid, he's this, whatever you want to say. But you know who he is. His brand took him to the presidency of the United States. He, is, he has never been the richest person, but his brand was always wealth. For some people, it might be obnoxious wealth, but his brand was always wealth. He was never even the richest person in New York, but he was the most well-known rich person in New York. And it took him everywhere. Before everybody hated him, everybody wanted to be like Trump. All the rappers in the 90s were talking about they were black Trump and this and that. Right? I was listening to some old songs the other day and people bragging about staying at the Trump Towers. Now everybody hates him, but this guy built a, a serious brand around wealth and gold. And now he's talking about Launching his own social media network. Build a company, create a company, Trump Media and Technology Group. And right off the bat, hasn't done anything yet, but it's already valued at like $875 million based on the um, investment from like some one company's like almost $300 million in cash into him. He hasn't even done anything yet. And then some people are saying he could, it, it could be worth up to $10 billion. Hasn't done anything yet. But where is he getting all this from? He built a brand for 20, 30 years. And just like that, he's getting investments from anywhere and everywhere. But Charles, I had a question before you move on to the next thing. You were talking about how um, you, know, you get excited for every sale 
and it, it shows you that people are like buying into you. They believe in you. You are right about something. What you would say to the people like, you know, when they get a sales confirmation that you were right about something, but what do you say to people that launch something and it quote unquote flops? Mm. What's the value regardless? I feel like to a certain extent, a lot of people are trying to rush the process, which I think is lame. Um, and in my opinion, a lot of this isn't really even about the sales. It's about the mission of your business. What is the mission of your business? I was listening to a girl or I had a podcast recording today. And she said that her business is career coaching because she helps people with their career and she was doing it even for free. She was just helping people. And I was like, that is a good business. That's the kind of business that people need to start. Why? Because a lot of this stuff is going to be unpaid. A lot of this stuff is going to be things that you're doing that maybe you're underpaid as well. Uh, Or you're just giving value for free or you're up at eight o'clock recording something that you don't get paid to do. And so I think that to what I would tell somebody is that it's not about the sales. It's about what you're building that could eventually turn into sales. But I just, I don't want people to be sales focused only. I want them to be change focused as well. Because quite honestly, there's a lot of people who, because they're sales focused, because they're numbers focused, they're pricing their product so high that nobody can even touch them. And so their impact is smaller than it could potentially be if they were affordable. Granted, the, the benefits of, that come with being affordable are substantial. Like when you, be, when you become affordable, you can make crazy money. So I see people on here talking about high ticket this, high ticket that, and talking about money, money, money. And it's all cap. It's cap. <laughs> or these days they say cope. And so for me, think about the mission. Think about the mission. Um, I tell, I put out a tweet talking about doing free work and uh, somebody was like, I don't think people should do free work. Yeah, I saw that. And okay. uh, how I was like, I, I, I did free work and I still do free work. And this dude said, define free work. And I was going to just put no. <laughs> I saw you didn't answer him. I was like, bro, I, ain't, I don't even know who you are. You want me to define like, huh? You want me to give you a definition? Pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, yeah, I was gonna bring that up too, because he said I never, I've never done free work. That's just the way I'm built. <laughs> I was like, that's interesting. I'm like, that's interesting. So anytime anybody wants any value from you, they gotta pay for it. I don't think he really. I think he asked for definition because maybe he just really didn't understand. Maybe he just didn't understand, man, that. Well, since this is tweet talk, let's help him understand. Yeah, so let's help him understand. I hope he listens to this episode. Yeah, he said, I was going to say, I hope he listens to this episode. I mean, let's say, for instance, you start a a blog, or let's say a podcast. You're not getting paid for those first 10, 20 episodes, or maybe even none of them. And in fact, for those listening, if you are interested in 
starting a podcast and you want to monetize that podcast, you may not ever, and I mean, even if you're successful, you may never get paid for that podcast, but you can still monetize it. Because when people hear you week in and week out speak on your subject of expertise, they trust you. And you don't necessarily have to charge anybody for the podcast. You don't necessarily have to sell podcast merch. The point is you get them off the podcast and bring them into your universe and get them to buy your products that way or buy consultation that way. So you're not directly getting paid from the podcast. And you may not ever have to. But it makes you subject matter expert it makes you an authority 10 20 years ago that was a big buzzword like being coming an authority they, they listen to you week in week out that's free work the only people that get paid for podcasts end up being employees like joe rogan i don't think he enjoys that as, as much anymore he got an exclusive deal. Then he can't do. He can do what he wants, but he can't do what he wants. Exactly, because now he kind of has a boss. So you still have you have limitations. It's still his podcast, but he got limitations. You can't say certain things when you have exclusive deals with big networks and stuff like that. So now he's kind of an employee. But free work, free work gets you there anywhere, man. Not to say that you can't get paid for podcasts and you could do both, but free work is building your brand, building your authority, building expertise in front of the world for them to see. That's what I would say. I think that um, it's frustrating to me sometimes because I feel like people, um, they're trying so hard to, I guess, not do what, not make the mistakes of old that they do dumb stuff in the present. So, for example, a lot of people are like, oh, well, back in the day, we was working for free because for free we were slaves. I ain't working for free because I ain't a slave. And so then anything that looks like working for free, they're like, I'm not doing that. And it, it reminds me of like the situation where you have like women who saw maybe like their grandmas get treated a certain way or their moms get treated a certain way. And so then they go off and they are just terrible wives and they're just like not good mates for men because they're like, we ain't going to be doing me like my mama guy did. And so the problem is like, it, it creates dysfunction. Like the opposite of a bad thing isn't a good thing by default. Sometimes there's a gray area in between. So the opposite of not being a slave isn't I don't do free work. It's I do things intelligently now that might look like free work, but they're not. They're an investment. It's lucrative. We're not, I'm not telling anybody to just go out there and be taken advantage of. I'm not telling anybody to go out there and like literally be a slave because <laughs> that's not right. lucrative 
my thing is we always focus on the vision. We always focus on the goal. We always focus on where we're going. And so it's like, okay, you want to get access to this community. You want to get access to this influential person because what they know, who they know, what they do can help you become an influential person. So if you go and work for them and you're not paid for it in that moment, but you're paid handsomely based off of the connections and the information, that's not free work. But if somebody who's influential just brings you in and makes them be their butler and you don't get, you don't get access to any of the rooms that they're in, you don't get any of that now and you don't get paid. That's what that I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that, fam. But it's like, if there's a path of progress towards you getting to where you want to be, take it. That's not degrading. That's not beneath you. And there's a lot of people who don't even get in that position because they're, they, they put a paycheck in front of it. They're like, I'm worth two grand, three grand, four grand, five grand. And then they don't get no grand. And then they probably mm-hmm. gonna get somebody who's actually rooting against them as opposed to rooting for them. Somebody going to ask him about like, what do you think about this person? Like, ah, he whack. I wouldn't hire that dude. So now not only do you have an influential person who's not working for you, they might be working against you. So anyway, I would just say that a lot of times I don't debate people on the internet because I gain nothing from winning that argument. Mm. I gain nothing. What If I spend 15 minutes trying to convince you of something, did I make any money during that 15 minutes? Probably Oof. not. Especially people who I don't even know. Maybe folk, I never knew the dude. If it, if it had been somebody like the Heart Zogs or like Living Rent Free, maybe we'd have had that conversation. But some right. stranger dude who I've never met who literally just popped, it'd be, it'd be the most random folks who you never met popping in your, in, your, in your mentions wanting an explanation for your thoughts. I was like, I don't have time to unpack my thoughts, man. Because my thoughts be packed in. My thoughts have layers upon layers upon information in there. So for me to break this out for you, it's going to take some time. And I don't want to do that. I don't think I should have to. So anybody who's listening, you can listen to the stranger dude or you can listen to me. It's up to you. I don't know. You know, you should start start doing, when they ask you to explain shit, just drop a link to Tweet Talk. (laughs) It's all here. Yeah. Like, but I think it's interesting what you said though. Um, I don't want to skip over it. When you were talking about going to work for somebody influential or partners, well, going to work for somebody influential, and they they give you access to like their connections and stuff like that. It's like, and also they they show they show you. They, they 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 show you how it is done. Like you get to see firsthand up close how they work. How like if you if you're poor and you get to work for a millionaire, do some free work for a millionaire, and he brings you into your, his world, you get to see how a millionaire walks, like literally walk, move, talk with people on the phone, face to face, how they do deals, and you learn how to do deals. Well, not it's not going to be perfect, but just watching and listening, you learn a lot. And then, like you say, you get connections. 
that's all like shortcuts. It's all like speeding up the process for you that you couldn't get just charging them to do work because they never if they if they if you're charging them to do work, then sure they might respect you, they pay your fee, your fees or whatever, but they're not gonna bring you close to them because now it's a it's all transaction, you know and. The thing is now you might be getting the money, but to get the sign of progress that you would have had working with them, now you got to spend that money to make the the kind of progress. You got to spend more money on ads than you would have had to before. Maybe you spent ads before, but now, but now you got to take the time to learn how to do the ads properly, and you're spending more money on ads. It takes you longer to get to where you would have gotten if you had just done some free work for a while. So the money doesn't really pay off so much. And not to say that you're going to work for free forever, but then again, at the same time, you're going to work for free forever. The crazy thing is I I took that, I actually took that quote from TJ, the millionaire mentor. I was watching the Earn Your Leisure podcast and he said that like folks will pay for a course, but they won't work for free. And the crazy part about it is like the money that you got, you probably got from labor. So let's say you pay $1,000, $2,000 for a course. And let's say that you make $25 an hour. Let's take 1,000, divide that by 25, and you're probably going to get 40. So you worked 40 hours to make, to get that course. When you could have just gone and worked 40 hours for somebody, probably worked less, probably worked like 10 hours for somebody. Probably work 20 hours for somebody. And then you know what's crazy when you do work for free for people? They ultimately pay you. Because they don't feel right not paying you. The job at the family office that I had was an unpaid internship, Rafael. I worked there 40 hours a week. And you know what I did? Because I still had to eat. I had two part-time jobs around my full-time internship. So I was in law school. In summer, I took an internship. I was working in this law firm. 40 hours. I showed up eight hours a day with the undergrad degree going through law school. I worked for free. And then in the evening time, I had a job. On the weekends, I had a job. I was working like 80 hours. And you know what happened? Then they ultimately gave me a job. I was one of the only interns that got the job. I was the only intern that got a job. Everybody else got let go. I got the job. It started out as part-time because I was in law school. And then I was like, you know what? I want to work full-time here. He gave me the full-time job because I worked there for free. And that's not the only time I've done that. That's just, honestly, it's a rite of passage with just the education system. And so people can try to like change it and modify it and do whatever they want to do. But I don't know. Sometimes you just work within the system that's there and dominate that as opposed to trying to change every damn thing. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. And it's funny. Um, Grant, Grant Cardone says, you're going to be underpaid for a long time and then you'll be overpaid. You're never really going to be paid exactly what you were for according to Grant Cardone. You're going to be underpaid for a long time until you're overpaid. So keep that in mind. The free work pays off sooner or later. But, to, but Charles, you also said everyone who hated on people for selling things is now selling things. We're peeking over into the ghetto side of wealth Twitter. 
Todd Consultant okay. presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. LLC Twitter. I'm not a part of LLC Twitter. I am Charles LC Twitter. And I be looking, man. Everybody got products now. I see people. And um, it's just interesting to me because they should have products. I see it and I'm like, that's you should have products. I'm not the person who's like, oh, you got a book? Why you got a book? You ain't an expert and blah, blah, blah. Like, who are you? David Chance posted something today and it said something about mm. you made that's 70, 000, you made 75, you made seventy thousand dollars in business last year and now you're a coach. He said, What should I say next? Or something like that. He said, I'm just gonna right. read this here. And John Johnson, Jeremy Johnson was like, he said something about like, uh, they can coach people who haven't made $70,000. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I saw the post. I was, that's what I was thinking. That, you know how many people out there wish they made 70 grand in their business? Yeah. And you tell them not to? Yeah. And then I, I tweet, I posted something in there. I was like, we're like the only culture that I said, nobody disqualifies black people more than black people. And it actually got a lot of likes. I've never seen anything that I posted get that many likes. It got like 175 likes on a comment, not even wow. actual post. And uh, hopefully I got some followers and some buyers from that. But it's one of the things that I agree mm-hmm. with because when the people who were hating on people, a lot of it, what it was, is like, well, you aren't qualified to sell a course on this because you don't know everything about everything about everything. How dare you? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, and it's, and it's always like, the black folks hating on the black folks. And I don't understand why it's that way. But I think we as a people see people winning. It's interesting to me because like people who have been taught that black folks can't win, when they see black folks winning, they always think that it's a problem. They're like, oh no, you aren't supposed to win. Nobody hated Jim Morrison until he won. Nobody was really coming at him like that, the way they come at him until he won. Why? What, 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 what about that win made you feel some way about yourself? It's because they didn't do it. Or maybe they tried and they didn't achieve it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's lame. Like, I don't got time to be bring, bring down black dudes. We, got, we get enough of it on our own. We get enough of black of people trying to bring down black men that I don't need to add to it. But for some reason, people can't justify that. Even the people who will get on here and they'll talk about the next police shooting or whatever, like those are the same people that would be out there slandering you. So my point is that it's just funny to see it, but I'm, I'm glad that they are doing it. Like they absolutely should be marketing up their genius and helping some people, man. Right. We're not selling courses. We are helping people. We're literally helping people. And that's what we should be doing. We need more black folks helping black folks and less black folks hating black folks. More helping and less hating. More hate, helping, less hating. Yeah, man. I I saw that post, man. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't hit like on that post, man. 
I'm like, 70 grand? Like, how many black folks out there make less than 30 grand? If they're lucky enough to have a job. Now, imagine somebody, somebody, let's say somebody made 70 grand in their own business. Now, let's pretend, you know, everybody's going to come at them with a yeah, but what's the net? How much you paid in taxes? Let's say they made 30 grand out of that 70. Okay, they made 30 grand and they got some tax write-offs that you can't get at the job ever. And they learn how to build a business and make 70 grand through their own efforts. They ain't making 70 grand in year two. Yeah. Or the next year or whatever. But you're gonna downplay them and say, like, they only made 70. Like, what is the threshold? What is the what's the point where you you're qualified to teach somebody else. It's probably, and the funny thing is, it's going to be close when it's somebody like that. Now, not to David Shan, but when people say that kind of stuff, somebody's going to not do something. The, the threshold is going to be close to where they were. They made, they made 500 grand. Well, then you should be making 500 grand before you coach somebody like I'm coaching somebody. Who are you to decide? Like I saw somebody say one time before, it was a business coach. And he was saying like people that, you know, if you think that, you know, you're not good enough to coach other people, you got to think about it like this. Say, yeah, maybe you're not, on a scale of one to 10, maybe you're not a 10. Maybe you're just a seven. But there's fives and sixes out there that need your help. Or there's like twos and three. There's twos and threes out there that need your help if you're a five or a six. There's somebody else out there that's assigned to you, like I saw on one of his podcasts. Somebody else that needs your help. 70 grand enough to sneeze at, man. Yeah. It's not like big business, but too many black folks out here are not making even 30 grand, man. Let's cut that out. It's interesting. Um... My, my uh, interactions with David Shans have not been the most uh, remarkable, to say the least. He's a very really? interesting person. Yeah, very interesting person. Um, and I'm not the only person who has had a similar experience, but it is what it is. Um, at first, I kind of agree with the post. And then when I saw Jeremy Johnson's post, I was like, yeah, I kind of think that's lame. Um, Sometimes I just keep, sometimes I feel like it's, it's, we got to kind of keep our criticism of others quiet because we're very vocal about how we like hate on other people. <laughs> mm. And we don't realize like, man, like there's somebody who probably could have gotten help by that person. Um, there's probably somebody out there, like there's, there's somebody who's depending on that person. Yeah, we're we're really quick to tear down people, not realizing like that person has a family, bro. That person has a wife. The person has kids, and you're on the internet trying to take money out of his pocket. Michelle Welch posted something, and she said, "If if I see you kicking it with somebody who actively tried to put money out of my take money out of my pocket, I can't rock with you." And I felt that in my soul because that was one of the biggest things when when like 
B real estate or B reinvest was doing all that hating, like seeing people who are like clicking like on the post and seeing people who were like uh, maybe like laughing it up or chiming in, like they had to go too. And so for me, it's not even just so much that the person said it. It was also that you didn't say nothing because I, I wouldn't let nobody. I've, I've stood up for a lot of people on that timeline. I was like, bruh, like, how, how are you going to come for this brother's business and, and try to destroy his business when he's just a new business? I was looking at a company today. The company, I think was, I don't think it was into it, but it might have been into it. That company was founded in 2005. That means it's 16 years old. We don't give folks 16 months. We'd be like, bruh, where the profit at? You a failure. You ain't nothing. Your business ain't took off yet. You'll be, you, 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 I bought, I paid $200 for this and this is what I get. It's like, it takes time to build these things up. I'm man, my packages and what I'm putting together in my business now far surpass what I did in the beginning. I'd be loading value up. I have so much value into my products now. So much structure, editing, all these different things. But they tried to kill me two years ago, a year ago. They was trying to take me out. Mm-hmm. It just takes time. So, yeah, man. Yeah, you just got to do things with integrity. But it takes time to get good at stuff, man. And there's somebody else. That, somebody out there needs your help, man. Because these... The thing is about that guy, that person that made 70 grand, his customer will be too intimidated to buy from JV Shans. And probably can't afford their price points because their price points be crazy. Exactly. So it's like what what you're they're really saying without without realizing, because I, I, I don't think he really mean any harm. But what he don't realize is what he's doing is he's holding his, he's holding that person's customers back. Not just the person that made the cent grand of trying to sell a course or become a coach. He's holding them back thousands of people that can't afford his course. Thousands of people that would be too intimidated to jump to his course, even if they could afford it. But he's not thinking like that. But it's all good, though. It's still this podcast, honestly. It's all good. And we're not here to tear down another black man because that's not what we're trying to do. It's interesting how podcasting, I'm telling podcasting is a, is an interesting thing because like really your the value of your podcast goes up based on the guests that you have on your podcast. And so you see a, so like sometimes like Rashad, like earn your leisure they get to float on top of the podcast because it's like you got Rick Ross, you got Fat Joe. So it's like the the what I'm finding is the true value in your podcast is how aggressively you go after guests. If you get the right guests on your show, you got you a show. That's what Oprah did. Oprah just got the right guests on the show. Yeah. This podcast is different. Yeah, because I the other the the thing is, honestly, Joe, Joe Budden was already successful. Nori is already successful. Mm-hmm. So that helps. It helps when you already have a name, right? 
Right. Like those guys walk in and they already like Joe Rogan already had a name. Mm-hmm. And so that helps. But when you're like a little guy, you got to kind of leverage your name. That's how, uh, what's that company? Support Black Colleges grew their whole brand was just off of celebrity endorsements. Right. There's a lot right. of value in celebrity endorsements. Right. If you listen to, uh, listen to the interview David did with uh, B. Simone, when she had her biggest month, when she made her million dollars, that's because she had she was leveraging the baby. She was able to make connections with the baby. I guess he promoted her in some capacity, mm-hmm. and boom, million dollar month. I think the big guess thing though is like uh, you gotta have a really big guess, like a Rick Ross. Yeah, that that will blow you up. A Grant Cardone, yes, that will blow you up. It does, but. Uh, I don't need, know, man. You need somebody notable. Like when when I had somebody else scheduling my podcast, mm-hmm. they were just getting anybody who talked about real estate <laughs> or anybody who talked about whatever. And I was like, bro, like I love them. It was a great conversation, but it's not building the brand. It's just not. I need somebody with, with some following. And, and that following doesn't have to be Grant Cardone levels. It could be Trump City Buyers levels. It could be Hood Estates levels. It could be Black Wealth Renaissance levels. Like those are the people that you want on your podcast. But the trick with that though is that those kind of people, they they good guests, they got big followings. But then when if they don't if they don't promote it, it doesn't do that much for you. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that, but I would say one of the one of the only problems that I'm finding is people using the same guests. And so you have a guest on your show and the next week they're on somebody else's show, the following week they're on somebody else's show. It's like, yeah. bro, that can dilute your value as well because it's like, you know, that's why they do like exclusive interviews. Exclusive interview with blah, blah, blah. And so then it's like, you got to go to that channel to get that exclusive interview. Right. That's how you build your brand up as well. And, and I'll tell you what, on that note, uh, DJ Clue, like a lot of people listening to this might not might not even know who he is, but in the early nineties, mid nineties, mid nineties to early two thousand, DJ Clue was one of the biggest D- DJs in hip hop, especially in New York. Why? Mm-hmm. Because back then he was putting out mixtapes constantly, but his thing was he would he didn't. He did not do a bunch of blends and mixes and technical things like the other DJs. What he did was he got exclusives. His whole catchphrase was clue, new shit. Everything was new shit. He would drop an original song or maybe a freestyle, but or it might be an original song, but he was the first one to have it. And he built his whole brand on that. You know, so the exclusive stuff. That's that's key too, but in in the end, in the end, you got to provide value for you. If you're having a podcast, you got to provide value and build your fan base like that. Value matters, uh, and you got to put so at least some some part of your personality got to be in there at some point because people buying into you at the end of the day after some after one point because then when you just guess 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 guess. And you're just asking questions. What happens is it's cool, but then you're just another one of podcasts that people listen to. 
It's like it's just one of the many that they listen to. Like, yeah, got a good guess. Okay. Yeah. It's an interesting space, but I feel like to a certain extent, you still gotta continue with the with the potting. Why? Because I think it's just like everybody has a social media profile. Like you don't just stop posting on Instagram because somebody else posts on Instagram. You just go right. hard on your gram. Right. You don't stop posting on Twitter. Like podcasting is a new social media. Either you got one or you don't got one. And it was so cool to see Preston Preston post inside of the mastermind group that somebody listened to his podcast, listened to all the episodes of his podcast and came out with a lot of value. It was thanking him like, man, thank you. You helped me through a tough time. And I was like, that is cool because sometimes as quote coaches, I start, I'm starting to see myself as a coach. Sometimes as a coach, like, you can think that just because it worked for you, that it, it can only work for you. And so it's cool when I can put mm. together things that I created and it worked for somebody else too. And Hive Mind told me they'd do the thing where they post 10 times a day and they'd be crushing it. He said, ever since you said post 10 times a day, we've been posting 10 times a day. We say, he said, they get 10 signups a day. You know how much money that is for them? They're, make, they're blowing up, man. Yeah, and there's stuff compounds on itself, so. Right. Subscription bids. Yeah, man. And the thing about podcasting, man, is like, even though me and you were just talking about, and we disagree slightly on certain things about it, there's so many different ways. It's like, there's so many different ways to do this. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to stick with you, you kind of have to stay within your lane, but you don't have to stay within your lane at the same time. Like, we don't have a guest every show, but we do have guests. Mm-hmm. We don't depend on guests, but we do guests. We don't do guests. And you can build it the way you want to. Yeah. Like, people come for our personality. People come for our chemistry. People come from for the gems they get. People come to this podcast for different things. And we do it different ways. And it's just different ways you can slice it. And every person is different. You just got to get in and find out what works for you. It's not, it doesn't matter who you are. It's not going <laughs> to, you could be doing this for 20 years. You start a new one and it won't work right off the bat, man. It, it just won't. But it just, yeah, it just won't. It, it's not. It's gonna change regardless, no matter what you do. So if you're thinking about a podcast, or you don't know if it's for you, just first ask yourself, why do I even want a podcast? Do I have something I want to share with the world? If you do, then I say do it, man. Do it. Think of a name. Don't think too long. Think of your topic. Look at who else is doing it and how they do it. And see where you can get in where you fit in. And remember, even if you do it in a similar way to somebody else, you have your own voice, you have your own personality, your own way of doing it. And just get started, man. Just record yourself talking. For 20 to 30 minutes, introducing yourself, introducing your podcast, what's it going to be about, 
what they can expect at least just keep eh, record 20 30 minutes stop it save that recording and then do it again next time another 20 to 30 minutes the second one should be better than the first after a couple of weeks you launch that bad boy a couple of episodes at one time so they can go back and listen to them all at the same time launch that boy boy and start building up put it out on social media tell your friends tell your family or maybe not your family because they might not be a they might not be supportive and they might not be your audience but like i said Start with why do you want to do a podcast? Ask yourself, do you have value that you want to share with the world? Think of your topic. Who else is doing it? And how you could be different to them. Hit record. 20, 30 minutes. I wonder I if uh, half. did Preston take your course? Or the dude who, I think it was Preston. I always mix them up. Preston and uh the uh stamper stamper yeah mm, i don't know if preston did i think i'm not sure if he either one of them i know ricky did i know ricky bought the book that's for sure but those two i i don't remember i don't remember but they took action that's what right. matters mm-hmm Take action, man. Record 20, 30 minutes. You don't have to do 45, an hour, hour and a half. You don't have to do all that. 20, 30 minutes. Record. Put it up there. Get a a podcast host. They're free ones. Put it out. Put it out. Put Launch it. Tell some people on social media. Tell your friends. And do it again next week. And then the week after that. And the week after that. Anchor, Anchor changed the game with podcasts. It made it way easier to get it out there. Yeah. People are hating on Anchor. Like it's, I mean, I just took Tweet Talk off of Anchor for, for a couple of reasons. But What's wrong with Anchor? Um, I feel like you can't see as much uh, data for the stats and stuff like that. I'm not, you know, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't be against going back to Anchor necessarily, but you know, seeing the stats, you get you see more stats with different with different uh, platforms. But who do you use now? Uh, Libsyn. They've been they've pretty much been around the longest. Was that a um, a Coach Chris recommendation? No, it was just like I was looking at other options and decided to go with that one. No, think about that, or maybe like Bud Bud Sprout. Like Henry does uses his uh, Bud Sprout. They got some good features in there too. Like uh, you can free editing. Some the editing is supposed to be good on that one. I like that, but decided we'll try this one. Kind of like them. That's some good features. Check them out for a little while. See how it goes. When I, when I started doing podcasting. It was not as easy as it is now. I had to record it, put it up on SoundCloud, and then take the RSS from SoundCloud, put it on mm-hmm. YouTube, on iTunes, and then put it on Stitcher. You had to put it on each platform individually. And there was no way to get it on Spotify. I just couldn't figure it out. 
So I couldn't get on Spotify. So now it's like, I listen to a lot of the shows on Spotify. Kind of more than uh, the podcast app. Yeah, and then what made it easy is when Anchor came out and just pushed it out. I mean, the other apps do it too, but man, Anchor came out and they made it everything free and pushes out to everything. And then after a while, Spotify came and bought them. Then it was e- really easy to get on Spotify. Uh, everything is Spotify. In case you don't know, people that are listening, Anchor is backed by Spotify because they bought them probably less than a year after they launched. So that's what we were talking about before. Start building a brand. Think about that. Imagine a business that doesn't charge its customers. Anchor doesn't charge its customers. And they got bought. Sometimes you just need, sometimes you just need a following. But folks don't want to do nothing for free. They'd be like, no, if you want to use my podcast and software, I need a thousand dollars. Right, right. TJ, TJ, the millionaire mentor said something really smart on that podcast. He said that since we don't understand the process of selling a business, we don't do things in business that would allow us to sell a business. I mean, we don't even, we don't even run the business right or sometimes even get in a business in general. Some folks, their goal isn't to build a business to get rich. Their goal is to legit build the business to sell the business. They go into business to sell it. That's it. So they're not over here trying to make a profit because most businesses don't make profits. Only black businesses make profits or supposed to make profits. But a lot of these businesses, (laughs) they'd be running at a loss. And the crazy thing about it is while they're running at a loss, they're paying a salary. So somebody's still getting paid. Because they yeah, should be getting keep paid. Raising money. They keep raising money. Right. But like people know that you shouldn't work for free. You should be getting paid. Jay Morrison shouldn't be running the Tulsa Fund for free, but they want him to. And so now he's like not really motivated to run the Tulsa Fund. Like, why would you want to work for free? Everybody else out there working and getting money. But I got to work for you for free. That doesn't make much sense. But yeah. Right. That's the funny thing. Like these companies are chugging along year after year, spending money like crazy. Losing money like crazy year after year after year, like five years in business, never turned a profit. And they keep going back to Washington, raising money, millions of dollars. It's not like they just got customers paying them and just, they just like, you know, getting money here and then paying the bills here. And then they keep, they just keep the wheels turning. They're getting millions of dollars in investment because they have convinced other people that there's something here worth investing in like we got something that's going to be life-changing but imagine how many businesses that we could start if we weren't so pressed for profit profitability in the beginning it was just Mm. a dope-ass idea it was like you know what what if we could create a box that doesn't close but it also does close how creative could we be if we weren't so pressed for money. And that's why wealth matters because you can start creating and doing things when you don't got to worry about, can I pay my rent? So I think that's important. Like that holds up our creativity is just needing money 
needing money makes you makes you whack. Right. That's why we got build wealth and pass it down to our kids. Not just so we could buy stuff. Make it easier for our kids. So they're not struggling. They get a leg up. And yes, make it easier for them to do what they want to do. And make it easy for them to not have to struggle so that they can be creative. And maybe they can solve the big problems that we can't because we're still struggling to a certain degree. Make it easier for them to solve the problems because they're not thinking about money day in and day out. Like there's no type of, there's no, I mean, there's not much that will stress you more than needing money every day. Like waking up in the morning, going, getting up and walking out the door looking for your next meal. Money problems are serious, man. Stressful. It's hard. It's hard to be creative when you're stressed out over money. Because you need it. You, you got to make that sale because you need that sale. That is stressful. It's not good for the business. And it's not good for making changes because you start a company with a great world-changing idea and then you need the money from every sale. Then you got to make concessions. You got to change things around to make it more palatable to the market, like make it easier to sell to the market. So maybe I take out these features, this features, and maybe I change the way I do things. Maybe I bring in certain people in to the company that I don't really want to, but if I bring them in, I'll get more investment from, from the main street and the wall street because why you need money. I was going to say, I think it's time for the wrap for us to wrap this one up, man. It's definitely time for us to wrap this up. This one went longer than I expected. It did. And there was some more stuff I wanted to touch on, but that's going to have to wait to the next episode because I feel like this almost like a, this needs a part two almost because mm. there's a lot of stuff we wanted to talk about that's similar to what we already talked about. So I'm going to save that for the next one. But I'm going to leave you guys with this last tweet from Charles. Actually, before that, guys, go on. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to this at, leave us a rating, man. Preferably a five-star rating. Boost us up in these charts, man. Get on there. Subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your friends. Give us a review. Give us a rating, man. Boost us up on these charts. And be sure to follow us everywhere. Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles on Instagram at Real. I mean, at follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion and the parent company at Todd.Capital. Follow us on Twitter, of course, at Tweet Talk Pod. That's P O D. Follow myself, Raphael, on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow Charles on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. Subscribe to the podcast, like I said. Get our podcast coachings at tweet talk at gumroad.com slash tweet talk. I'm gonna leave you this one last tweet from Charles that I'm gonna pick up from 
on from the next episode. Your community needs your product. For episode 110 of Tweet Talk the Black Web Podcast, I'm your host, along with Charles Oglesby the third JD, aka Tom Millionaire. We are out. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast, featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag, you know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk Podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm giving you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.